This is Wildcat Country. It's only right. The ball's in his hands. A milestone victory for Arizona. Simon Says Championship. All the inside scoop on U of A Athletics. Welcome to a special edition of Wildcat Country, Eric Cohen and Shane Dale. And Shane, this is not the scheduled episode that we were supposed to put out this week. Uh, We're doing a special Tuesday night edition because the Wildcats basketball team decided to self-impose a postseason ban in 2021. And we're going to have college basketball writer and Fox Sports radio personality Aaron Torres join us once again to break that down, what that all means. But I want to ask you right off the bat, um, the Wildcats are not going to the postseason in this March. Is this a good idea or a bad idea by uh, President Robbins, Dave Hickey, and the athletic department? I'm as torn on this, Eric, as people who have voted on our Wildcat Country Twitter poll are. Um, I posted earlier today, uh, do you think that the self-imposed ban is a good idea, bad idea, or do you have no idea? And it's like a third, a third, a third. Mm. People are all over the place about it. Look, I we've talked about this before. If this is the worst that happens to Arizona, absolutely. It's like if someone would have come along and made this deal to me before the season, okay, your team is not going to be eligible to play in this upcoming season's tournament, but that's it. I would say, where do I sign? Right? So I would be a lot more thrilled if this was the final ruling by the independent committee that's going to make this this final decision. The fact that Arizona's doing it, uh, maybe they have an idea that this is going to be enough. My first thought when I read the statement, I read the statement from the U of A, Dave Higgy had a statement, and Sean Miller had a statement that I'm sure he didn't write. But my first thought was, Arizona th- thinks it's in more trouble than this. And I could be wrong. Let me just put it out there. I could be wrong. But... I think the main reason to self-impose a ban is because you know you're likely to get one and maybe even more. That's a concern to me. And the analogy that I make is, and we talked about this before, before we started recording, is uh, say you're a, a teenager who goes and uh, robs a liquor store and you come back home, your parents know about it, and you say, you know what? I understand why I did was wrong. I'm going to self-impose a one-week grounding. Now, again, I don't know if that's the case with Arizona. I don't know how much – and that's the problem, right? We don't know how much more is out there, especially regarding Sean Miller. But the fact that they're doing this, including the fact that they issued a, a victim impact statement, and basically said they're a victim in this whole thing. And now they come back around and say, OK, we know we did something wrong, which obviously they did. Uh, I have so many mixed feelings. I feel like kind of the overarching results of that Twitter poll where people are all over the place about this. Yeah, I'm going to ask Aaron about it uh, here shortly coming up on the podcast. But I actually think this is not a bad move for Arizona under one circumstance. And that is if the NCAA and the uh, independent committee uh, does not extend the postseason ban. If they don't and just say one year is good enough, then I believe Arizona made the right decision, no matter how many scholarships are lost and, you know, Sean Miller games he suspended and such. I think this is a great idea because this Wildcats team, despite a nice win over Colorado last night, is not going anywhere in the postseason. Let's be honest. And by the way, there are no fans likely that are going to be at the Pac-12 tournament in Las Vegas, which would normally be a U of A kingdom. So now uh, you're getting a a watered-down postseason that some will consider with an asterisk with a team that probably wasn't going to win more than one game, let's be honest, in the postseason, at least from what we've seen. 
Next year and beyond, you're looking at a team that could be very, very dangerous and could make a lot of noise. You're looking at top 15, if not higher. That's why I think, you know what, this is a not a bad risk to take under those pretenses. Two reasons why I think this independent council might not give Arizona much harsher a punishment. Might not. Number one, nothing that Book Richardson did benefited Arizona basketball on the court in any way. It had nothing to do with with bringing uh, bringing basketball players to Arizona for money, despite what Mark Schleybaugh wrote. That's I think from from my perspective has been all but debunked, right? So that's number one. Number two, the fact that it's the current players who had nothing to do with anything that happened. They're the ones being punished. And that's another reason why I'm not crazy about the self-imposed ban, even though I know Arizona was likely to get at least a one-year ban, is that you're punishing the current players who've come here and done absolutely nothing wrong. By all accounts, have done everything by the book. Heck, they've even done a great job as far as COVID testing. No COVID cases, knock on wood so far. So that's disappointing. But again, to your point, you know, all these guys, number one, we don't know there's going to be an NCAA tournament next, this season at all with COVID and True. what it's going to look like. Right. And number two, all these guys can come back next year. They basically have a free ride this season, right? So if you know if the seniors want to come back next season, like a guy like Terrell Brown, if he wants to come back next year, he can come back and try to play for an NCAA tournament, assuming that they're not banned next season. So you take those things into account, and maybe this committee is going to look at Arizona's self-imposed ban and say, you know what, you've been punished enough. We might add on a couple things here and there, like you said, a scholarship reduction or a few games of suspension for Sean Miller because he was the overseer of the program and it is his responsibility. But that could, you know, trying to look at it from the positive perspective and your perspective, Eric, that could be a positive thing and that could be the way that the committee ends up looking at this. Yeah, I certainly hope so. And that's why I'm not upset about this. I think we all kind of knew in the back of our minds that a postseason ban of some kind uh, was in the, was, it was a possibility. I think I had suggested a few months ago on the podcast, either, either to you on this podcast or either or off the air that I think uh, that self, that self, uh, you know, probating might, was not the worst uh, idea in the world for Arizona, albeit it does admit some guilt, but let's be honest. We know that certain guys were guilty of certain things. So I'm not going to get into, you know, was Sean Miller involved? Was he not? What, what have you, but we know that they weren't completely innocent. Let's be honest. And, you know, I think Kansas at some point, I think Kansas, if they were having a bad year, they would do the same thing. So uh, they know Arizona's having a nice year. There's still a lot to play for. Go out and win a Pac-12 regular season championship. Go out and and gain some experience on the road, even if it's with no fans, uh, to get yourself ready for next year, which could be a big year for Wildcat basketball. Yeah, and this is, for the first time in a long time, I can – I'm really excited about what Arizona's going to look like next season, what they're going to look like, maybe even the season after that, because you have a lot of guys who can return. I mean, everyone can return next season, but you have a lot of guys even in a regular year who would likely to be back next season. And then you have three uh, strong recruits, three commits um, coming in as well. I mean, I think they're going to have more uh, uh, commits than than scholarships available, which is not necessarily a bad problem to have. Uh, But the future is bright. So I'm really hoping that this is the only season that they're going to be banned from the NCAA tournament. Because I think next season, look at the guys they have. You know, If everyone comes back next season, wouldn't you have to put them toward the top of the Pac-12 in terms of favorites to win the conference next season and possibly make a deep run in the NCAA tournament? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think no no, no doubt about that. And and I don't see why anybody uh, would leave. I mean, if, if Terrell Brown and I really stick around, I don't see any of the freshmen going pro. I don't see James Akinjo likely going pro. Uh, you add a KJ Simpson, you add... 
you know, a couple other recruits, uh, maybe you redshirt a couple of guys next year. Um, you know, the roster will sort itself out. Then there'll be some scholarship productions, but uh, at some point where maybe you only get 10 scholarship players, something like that, but they'll find a way around it. And uh, I'm actually very encouraged. I think hopefully the goal is uh, NCAA don't add on to this in terms of a postseason ban. And then I think Arizona made the right move. Let's find out what national expert Aaron Torres thinks here on Wildcat Country. Joining us here is our friend of the podcast, Aaron Torres, college hoops and college football writer, and he's also a host on Fox Sports Radio. He is outspoken. He is one of the most interesting people we've had on the podcast yet, and glad to have him back once again to talk about U of A self-probating themselves and banning themselves from the 2021 NCAA tournament. Uh, Aaron, I saw what you wrote on Twitter. You're not necessarily a huge fan of this move. Why are you so against the Wildcats? and self-probation in 2021? Yeah, you know, it's a great question, Eric. First of all, thank you guys for having me back. I'm not anti what Arizona did because it's allowed within the rules. I just think the NCAA needs to step in and say, like, dude, you don't get to pick your own punishment. I mean, I'm not a parent, guys. I don't know if either of you are parents, but when I was a kid, uh, you know, the analogy that I used on my podcast, which is going to drop on, on Wednesday, is, you know, if I got caught smoking behind a, a cigarette behind the bleachers and my mom found out, I don't get to say, okay, mom, uh, you know, I'm going to go uh, in timeout for 10 minutes and no video games until Monday, uh, but we're cool after that, right? We're cool. She'd be like, are you out of your mind? No, of course we're not cool. And so to me, that's kind of what self-imposing sanctions are is I don't think it's fair to the kids. I understand that the kids knew there were issues in Arizona when they all committed, Um but I don't think it's fair to the kids. I don't think it's fair to the program. I, I just I don't like the idea of it, and it works the other way too. I, I don't. My I guess what I would say generally is I believe that once the count the academic calendar starts, I don't believe that the NCAA should be able to hand out a punishment for the upcoming uh, postseason, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, whatever. And I don't believe that a school should be allowed to self-impose. If you want to do this, do it before the season. I don't even think it should be allowed at all under NCAA rules. Uh, or at the very least, if you want to self-impose, it's going to have no impact on the NCAA's decision for punishment. So uh, that's kind of where I stand on it. It's not really an Arizona thing because it's allowed in the rules. It's more I just don't like it that the NCAA allows it. So, Aaron, because I remember when you, we had you on a couple months ago, you said there really isn't much of a point in the doing uh, self-doing you know, the self-probation. Um, but I'm wondering – why, like, put yourself in in the the shoes of, of Arizona's athletic department or the university president in this case, most likely. Uh, what are you thinking by doing this? What What do you think is the the rationale? Is it, is it kind of like the you know like the kid who like the analogy made of the kid smoking pot who just want doesn't want any more punishment, or is there something more to that? First of all, I was just smoking cigarettes behind a bleacher, so I don't want anybody thinking I'm doing anything illegal here. Although I guess smoking cigarettes when I'm young would be, but anyway, um, you know. What I, what I would say is, you know, my understanding is it came from above Dave Hecke, the uh, AD, and it came from the president, as you guys just alluded to, Shane. And, you know, look, I think on paper it sounds good. Hey, we take this stuff seriously, blah, 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 blah this and that. Um, I guess what I would say is I find the timing of it a little bit weird. You know, I read the statement where they said, 
you know, we acknowledge that a former staff member did something inappropriate. Yeah, you know what I knew that a staff member did something inappropriate? When he pled guilty in court 18 months ago. So, like, don't give me the, like, we found this out and, you know, we're taking it seriously. Uh, unless I'm missing something, Book Richardson pled guilty in whatever it was, June of 2019, um, April of 2019, May of 2019, whatever it was. And unless I'm missing something outside of the notice of allegations coming, I don't think anything new has come out. And so, to me, um, I guess, you know, what, what I think people that don't follow this stuff 365 days a year have to understand is, you know, these school presidents, a lot of them, don't, they don't really care that much about athletics. And I think this guy, you know, this, this uh, president, excuse me, in this particular case is, is trying to do what they think is the right thing, what makes them look like they're taking it seriously. But, you know, if you're really taking it seriously, there's only really one thing to do, and that's fire Sean Miller. I don't think he's warranted it yet based on the sort of information that we have. But this serves no purpose. I don't like it. I don't really understand it. And I'm just not a fan of it. I'm really not. So, Aaron, do you think that this move indicates that Arizona thinks that it could have more severe sanctions headed its way and they're trying to curb that? Or is it just them trying to, like you, like you said, try to, you know, put, put some good PR out there and say, Hey, we acknowledge that we did something wrong and we're, we're punishing ourselves. Yeah. I think it's a combination of both Shane. You know, I, I think, look, I don't know how you can look at this and not say that it's the school admitting that maybe there's more than that's already gotten out of there, but we got the notice of allegations. And it's just a matter of, um, you know, I guess in, in the president's eyes, again, showing how seriously they're taking it, uh, you know, as far as more coming out, you know, part of me feels like exactly what I just said. There's got to be more. There's got to be a reason they're doing this now. You know, but on the flip side, what I would also say, guys, is, and I think I said this with you guys last time when I came on, you know, this the original investigation wasn't done by the NCAA. The original investigation was done by the FBI. And so to me, with the number of journalists that have been on this, for with the number, whether it's Yahoo, Pat Forty, Dan Wetzel, whoever, we we heard the recordings. We saw we heard them in the in the um in the documentary. And I just feel like if there's more to this story, how has it not come out yet? Why are there not more details? Why are there not more uh bank transfers or um you know uh wiretap audio like that's the part that's that's a little confusing to me is the timing of it because yeah i'm not gonna lie my first inclination is there must be more coming down the pipe but you know the notice of allegations came out and it's been three and a half almost four years since the day the fbi uh rated uh you know the made the announcement that they did so a little confusing to me if that makes sense all right, Aaron, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at this in a positive perspective. All right, let's say this works and Arizona doesn't get penalized further. This is a genius move. This could be a genius move by Dr. Robbins and Dave Hickey in that, hey, this team's probably not going to do much in the postseason this year, has higher aspirations next year. If they don't get further sanctions as far as a postseason ban, this comes off looking pretty darn smart, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, and that's kind of what I'm, I'm interested to see. You know, listen, guys, I'll tell you, you guys know I love college basketball. I love all this stuff, man. I'm going to host radio right now. We're going to talk NFL Week 17, NBA, whatever. But 
there is a feeling, there was a feeling in football, and there is a feeling now in basketball that this isn't really like a normal season. And like, yeah, Gonzaga or Baylor or Kansas or whomever wins the national championship, like they're going to get a trophy and they're going to get confetti on the floor. But we kind of know what the rest of this is going to look like. Games are going to be canceled. Players are going to miss games. You know, I hate to say it, but I think the opt-out, you know, uh, train from football isn't going anywhere when it comes to basketball. Um, we're playing an NCAA tournament without fans. And so, yeah, I, I think that's part of it. And, you know, I think that is a huge part of it is the idea that, yeah, we might have made the tournament. But to your point, Eric, one, um, you know, I, I think Arizona's a great story right now, 7-1 to win over Colorado. But I, I don't think that's a team that you earmark as the first team that's going to get Sean Miller to the Final Four. I mean, you know, maybe you guys have seen something different. I, I don't think that's the case right now. Um, and so I think there's that. And then I think, like I said, there's this idea that it's just a weird year, man. It's just we can we can watch the games and I can talk about it and we can all love it. But it's weird. It's different. And I do think that's part of this process. Now, I do think what will be the interesting dynamic behind it will be, um, does the NCAA view it in the way that the three of us are discussing it? At least one more year would be tacked on to this. And if that's the case, I think there's going to be a lot of Arizona fans saying, why did we waste our time in 2021? Why don't we just play in the NCAA tournament? And by the way, I would say I think that also applies to Auburn, who uh, has self-imposed bans and all these other schools that are currently under investigation. I mean, it seems as though, based off a precedent that was set with the Oklahoma State case, that the NCAA wants to show how seriously they're taking this stuff. And so I, I, I don't think this would be the end. But, yeah, Eric, if, it, if it is, it's a really, really smart move by the NCAA, by, by Arizona yeah, I, I I would I would look at it as well, but I do think you're probably right that there will pro- there will be an extra year thrown on, and I really hope I'm wrong. Now I, we talked about earlier about the timing of this. My thought is on the timing. Hey, they just beat Colorado last night. Maybe some people are taking them more seriously as an NCAA tournament team. So now this looks like a more serious punishment after a big win. Would you agree with that logic? No, I, I don't think so. You know, you don't make a, the, the decision like this. And again, it probably came down from the president's office down to the AD, down to Sean Miller. You know, you don't make this, this, this decision overnight. You know, you don't go to bed without this in mind yesterday and make the decision today. Um, I don't think so. And, and I'll say this, too, is this is why I think, you know, there has to be a drop-dead date of um, – you know, of, of before the academic calendar starts for any school to make this kind of decision. Because I will say, like, in defense of Arizona, there's no perfect time, right? Like, I'm the guy that kind of crushed Auburn when they did this in the preseason, saying, you know, well, you guys stink this year, so of course you're doing it this year. And, of course, on paper, Arizona didn't look as impressive as it has been. And so if they do it in the preseason, it becomes, well, you know, they're just doing it because they stink this year. If they do it now, it's because, oh, you know, the NCAA tournament's kind of a weird deal this year anyway. And, of course, if they did it in, you know, February or March, then it looks really bad um, because, one, either you're not in the tournament picture and you're just doing it because you know you're not going to make it, or the opposite, you're really good and you break your kid's heart that much more. So, you know, I, I could totally see where you're saying that, Eric. 
I don't think that's a decision that somebody went to bed last night feeling a different way and then woke up feeling this, uh, uh, another way today. I'm guessing, I don't know this, maybe you guys have heard something different, but I'm guessing this has been in the works for a little while here, at least maybe a week or so. All right, so Aaron, I'm going to steal my co-host Thunder here and put you on the spot. Uh, as far as a uh, prediction, I think we asked you for a prediction last time. You didn't like it, but I'm going to ask you again. Does this indicate, like we talked about, that there could be more punishment on the way, that there could be more sanctions? Do you think they get an extra, a second po- year of postseason ban? Do they get scholarships taken away? Does Sean Miller get suspended? What do you think? Basically, do you think there's more coming out of this? So, guys, I mean, I do, and I'll tell you, you know, I, I referenced it a minute ago. You know, Oklahoma State, the gauntlet was really thrown down. Um, I don't remember every detail now, but, you know, I had Mike Boyan on my podcast, their coach, right after it happened, and, and the, the premise from what I remember was that Oklahoma State, I don't believe had any level one violations. I could be wrong, but – the assistant coach, there was one assistant coach that paid one player. The assistant coach wasn't even at Oklahoma State. Uh, no, he wasn't hired by Mike Boynton. I take that back. He was on the previous staff. Um, the player actually got suspended and punished because they caught him, you know, when the player was still on campus. So the player got punished. He gave back the money and they still gave Oklahoma State a one year postseason ban. And so, you know, I, I mean, I can say this pretty confidently because Mike Boynton said it on my podcast, and it's not as though it was a secret behind-the-scenes meeting, but he said, you know, if this was a regular rules violation, I don't even know if we would have lost the scholarship or anything. So to give us a one-year postseason ban, uh, it just doesn't line up with anything the NCAA has ever done before, and because of it, you know, he believed that the NCAA was really trying to just show everyone how seriously they were taking you know, these FBI charges and the things that happened via the FBI. Um, and so Oklahoma State's actually appealing that right now. I actually think they have a pretty strong argument. I don't know that it will matter, um, but I, I, they're appealing it. And what I would also say is that, you know, guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but Arizona's planning on going with this ARRP or whatever it is, the outside counsel right. investigators. Is yep. that correct? Yep. So, so yeah, so – you know, what I would say is I think that's a smart move. Um, I would say there's no precedent for people who don't know um, to explain it as, as easily as I can. You know, in the past, um, the NCA has served as judge, jury, and executioner. So basically, they were the ones that investigated you. They were the ones that told you what you did wrong. And then you had to go in front of them and try to prove to them why they were wrong and you were right. It'd be like, you know, you get arrested for speeding. Um, and the judge that decides whether you're guilty or not is the cop that arrests you. It makes no sense, and it's, it's ridiculous, right? So this 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 new I, I keep calling it the AARP. I know it's not the AARP. You got you got that from me, Aaron. Aaron, you got that from me because that's what I called oh, it last okay, time we well, talked. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yeah, we we discussed this last time, and so you know, so we already discussed it, but there's no precedent for what these people are going to do. For people again to, to clarify, it's an outside counsel that doesn't work for the NCAA independent investigators and judges and, and lawyers and people of that nature, and we just don't know how they're going to look at it. We don't know if they're going to look at it by the letter of the law. They don't know if we're going to look at it by the way that I've always looked at it, which is, you know, Book Richardson, I love the guy to death, but, you know, he was punished adequately. He'll never coach college basketball again. 
But Sean Miller, as of right now, we don't know that he's done anything wrong. I don't know if the, the uh, new committee is going to look at that and say, we're not going to punish Sean Miller because we never found anything wrong. And that's always the analogy that I've used is in a court of law, you're innocent until proven guilty, and the judge, you know, the court, excuse me, has to prove that you actually did something. And so I don't know if that's going to be the case. I don't know if this new committee is going to value the fact that Arizona is sitting out this NCAA tournament in 2021. So it's so unprecedented. This is about the fourth, fifth school that's part of this process. I know that Kansas, Memphis, LSU, um, NC State, maybe one or two others are part of this process, but I don't think any of us know how they're going to react. I would hope that they go based on the facts of the case, and maybe based on the facts of the case, they feel like one year postseason ban is enough. We'll, we'll see. All right, Aaron, well, I'm going to try to end this on a positive note, and I know you're, you're traveling right now. We appreciate you fitting this in. Uh, from what you've seen from the Arizona basketball team on the court this season, uh, this is a team that might be together for a good couple of years. You know, a lot of uh, underclassmen and guys who probably aren't NBA ready. Uh, you know, a year or two from now, say say even next season, the Wildcats are eligible for the NCAA tournament. Uh, how good can this team be ultimately? Yeah, I think that's an important point too. Not only that, um, you know, not only that these guys could all be back next year. But that, you know, it is important to note the NCAA has added an extra year on everybody's clock. And so, yeah. you know, if what, you know, Terrell Brown wants to come back and play in the NCAA tournament as a sixth year grad guy, he can do that. Will he? I, you know, I don't even think he would know at this point, but I bring all that up to say that that is an important note on all this. Um, but what I've seen is, you know, kind of what I was expecting, guys. You know, I'll just tell you this is that, you know, I had heard great things about James Akinjo. Even dating back to last year um, when he was redshirting, you know, that, that he was kind of a quote-unquote Sean Miller guy from the perspective that, you know, somebody tweeted this last night, I think, I can't remember who, um, but that basically he was kind of like an old-school player that would thrive under Sean Miller at Xavier back in the day. Um, you know, he was reasonably high-recruited, I know that, because he originally committed to UConn, and I'm a UConn alum, so I've obviously followed his career pretty closely. Um but, you know, um, but that, that he was really good in practice last year. And I'll just say it that, you know, I think he gave Nico Mannion a lot of problems in practice last year. And I'm just going to say it. This is my speculation. Nobody told me this. But Nico Mannion's slump kind of started to happen when James Akinjo arrived. And I think Nico wasn't ready for the competition in practice every week. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong on that. Um, but, you know, that, that they were going to have that kid. That they were going to have Jordan Brown, who's kind of a quiet you know, cerebral kid. Yes, he was a McDonald's All-American, but he doesn't carry himself in that way. You know, Jamal Baker, I know he played last year, but, you know, there's still some scars from Kentucky that, that he's still battling through. And then, frankly, the European kids, man, is like, you know, I, you know, I, I don't know, obviously, as much about their individual backgrounds because they weren't raised here, but, you know, I'll tell you guys, it's not just Arizona. There's a lot of guys across college basketball that I've spoken to they love recruiting international guys because international guys are grateful for things that maybe American kids take advantage, you know, take for granted. You know, I mean, I've heard so many stories of kids coming to the States, and I don't want to uh, stereotype or generalize, but, you know, the idea of free gear, of uh, take all the food that you want when you when you leave the building. I can't speak to where, you know, Kirk Chrissa or Daniel Bacho or any of those guys came from. But there's a lot of kids across college basketball that that grew up in a world where food isn't readily available or certainly not as much as you want whenever you want it. 
And so I always felt like, you know, I know that the, the, the international stuff was kind of intentional from the perspective that, you know, you had to shake things up because it was, it was difficult to recruit domestically because of the NCAA rule situation. But I think it's a bunch of kids that are grateful for the opportunity to play in Arizona, guys. And I'll tell you this, too. I'll say one last thing. You know, I remember when all this happened, you could find the tweets, and it was around the time a million years ago when Brandon Williams recommitted to, to Arizona. But, you know, I knew Brandon's family pretty well, and Arizona was his dream school. And I think what Sean Miller got away from a little bit was he was so busy chasing these five stars all over the country that he knew was only going to be there one year. And trust me, I get it. You're in a high-powered program. You know, uh, the fans want NBA-caliber players. They want top recruiting classes. I get it. I get the pressure that he was under. But, you know, I think the thing that we're seeing, guys, especially with the 2021 class, and you guys would know more about those guys than I do, there's a lot of kids in Southern California, the West Coast, Arizona, Nevada, they grow up wanting to play in Arizona, and, and they would, you know, kill for the opportunity. And uh, one last thing, I'll give you a quick kind of funny story, but, you know, uh, I remember, I'll never forget Jay Wright, uh, the Villanova coach. So, Mikhail Bridges, who is, um, you know, Mikhail Bridges, who's an NBA player now, I don't know if he's still with the Suns or what the deal is, but, is. Yep. you know, when he, when, yeah, when he was recruited by Villanova, um for lack of a better term, Jay Wright really didn't want him. He was about 165 pounds. He had no muscle tone. He had no whatever. But the kid really wanted to come to Villanova. And I, I, I explicitly remember Jay Wright saying at some point, you know, it's one thing to take a kid that's 165 pounds and is two years away. It's another thing to take a kid that's 165 pounds and is at best two years away when you know that he really wants to be there. In other words, that the guy is going to put in everything he can because he's always wanted to wear that uniform, whether it is Villanova, Duke, Kentucky, and of course, in this case, Arizona. And so I think Sean Miller's gone back to the roots, what he should be doing, which is recruiting, you know, maybe good but not elite players on the West Coast. If you're that good of a coach, they pay you a lot of money. Develop some of these guys. Turn them into NBA players. Turn them into four-year Pac-12 players and get them overseas. Uh, that's what you're being paid the big bucks for. And I, and I like where this is going. Obviously, the big question, you know, with everything that we've talked about today is, is Sean Miller going to have enough time to see this through? Is this time ticking? I don't think anybody, including Sean Miller, knows that. Aaron, thanks so much for joining us. As always, you are a wealth of knowledge. Always appreciate your opinions. And hopefully we will have you back on here soon. And Happy New Year, my friend. Yeah, hopefully we'll be on soon to talk something fun rather than all the serious stuff. Well, thanks to Aaron Torres for joining us here on the podcast. Uh, just great info from Aaron. Uh, he was driving in his car tonight, wasn't able to get on the uh, you know the clear connection with us, but he still sounded good. And boy, he is uh, he is opinionated, and we always appreciate that. Shane, uh, thanks for doing the uh, special podcast uh, based on this breaking news. We have some interesting uh, on the normal guests. We have or normal podcast this week. We have some interesting guests. You want to tell us what we have coming up? We have got uh, UVA football alum P.J. Johnson coming on. He's going to tell us about a little bit about the Kevin Sumlin era and his time with the Cardinals. And then we got Sam Thomas uh, from UVA women's basketball. They've got a big showdown, number six Arizona hosting number one Stanford on New Year's Day. Uh, she was a big reason why Arizona upset Stanford last season at McHale Center. So we're going to uh, talk to her and see what she thinks about facing the number one Stanford Cardinal on Friday. 
Well, we're going into a new year in a few days, and let's hope that maybe the worst of it is over for Wildcat Athletics. Because <laughs> let me tell you, Shane, it's been uh, been some kind of a December. All right, one we'll of these days, one of these days, Eric. Sorry to cut you off real quick. One of these days, we're going to do a special episode about something positive. We, oh, so far, we've only done the special episodes about about something. Although I, I will say, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, Eric, maybe this will be a positive in the long run. We'll have to wait and see. Well, the women's basketball team is one that we will all be following together in the NCAA tournament as they will be our only hope in 2021 of a national title. And I think they have a pretty darn good shot. For my co-host Shane Dale, I'm Eric Cohen. Thanks for listening. And as always, bear down.